welcome to another episode of the Pound for Pound podcast. Off the heels of Washington football team's second win of the season, 34-230 against the Atlanta Falcons. What a back-and-forth game. Washington trailed a lot in this game, but they also held the lead a couple times. Ultimately, had the lead when it mattered most, when the clock hit zero. What a game. I'm super excited to talk about today's game. There's a lot to get into from the play of the offense, the play of the defense, the return of Curtis Samuel, the injuries we sustained in this game, the 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 penalties that occurred in this game. I mean, these refs were all over the place. It may have been one of the worst worst performances from a referee. Like, I don't even know how to word it. Like, the referees were so bad in this game that it may be the worst worst called game I've ever seen. It seemed like every every flag they concurred for two three minutes because they had no idea what was going on. But we'll talk about it. What a game from Taylor Heineke returning to his home state of of Georgia. He grew up 40 minutes or whatever it was from Atlanta. So yeah, he had his, he had family in attendance. I also know uh, JD McKissick had fans in uh, had family in attendance. I mean, just what a game from them for from them too. Especially McKissick with the game-winning score, Heineke improvising. What a what a what an effort by this offense! And um, I just just looking at it, thirty-four points from this offense. I mean, what more can you ask for? All season last year, we did not score more than thirty points. Oh well, I think we did score thirty points uh, against um Dallas, maybe. But this offense scored in both their wins. They have scored thirty-plus points. And they've had to. I mean, they they've had to score thirty four points, thirty plus every every win because of this defense. And we'll talk about it. You know, the defense. Just like I just you know my last episode was general, mostly a rant. You know, I couldn't get. I didn't even really get into uh, keys to this game or anything. I I just was so upset with how this defense performed. And honestly, there was no improvement. But I'd much rather sit here and make an episode with you guys after a win when the defense played horribly rather than sitting here after we just got our faces kicked in against Buffalo and our defense played horribly then. So I'm, I'd much rather sit here after a win, chatting it up, talking talking Washington football. On today's episode, we're going to do uh, the position. We're going to go over the stat sheet, going to go over everything that happened in this Atlanta game, the ups and downs, all of it. I'm also going to give talk, talk about the injuries that we've sustained. The we walked away from this game with a lot of injuries, and like I said, we'll talk about it. Just a lot, a lot of injuries. We came out of this game really banged up, and then after that, we're gonna look ahead towards a game against the Saints, Week Five at home. You know, we we played our last two games uh, away. We played at Buffalo and at Atlanta, so it's good to be back home in front of the fans. We'll talk about that as well, and I'm gonna also give studs and duds to this Washington Atlanta game right after we do this uh, recap. So. Uh, like I said, I couldn't give any uh, keys to the game in my last episode. The last episode, I was just so I was just ranting, ranting at that point. But we're gonna, you know, make this a little bit more formal. You know, go over everything in today's episode. So let's get into it. Washington at Atlanta. Taylor Heineke gets another start facing Matt Ryan and the Atlanta Falcons, who had been struggling. You know, they were they came. We both came into this game one win, two losses. Looking at both teams, looking to go to five hundred. Two and two is a lot better than one and three, and I'm glad that we're on the side of two and two, and not the one and the like the one and three Falcons are now. Uh, Taylor Heineke was 23 for 33 passing for 200, 
90 yards, three touchdowns, and zero interceptions. He was also sacked once. Heineke really played well, and I'm and he got away with some things. And I don't, I don't want that to go to slide under the rug. I don't want to kick it to the curb. Heineke did get away with some throws and a, a lot of throws that could have been picks. I think I counted maybe four throws that could have been interceptions. Off the top of my head, four. It was, there was like three, like in the third and fourth quarter alone. So Heineke was lollipopping some throws, and I had to hold my breath every time that ball left his hand. But at the end of the day, he gets the job done, and that's just who he is, you know. He's not, it's not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to look the best, but I'd much rather see that win in the stat sheet. And however it looks, I want it. It could be ugly, but as long as we get that win. So Heineke with 220, 290 passing yards. And he also added 43 yards on the ground. And those yards on the ground were huge. He had a 20-yard run included with that. I mean, Heineke hit. This is, what I, this is what I wanted to see. Heineke using his legs, which is his best ability. Heineke's best ability is his ability to improvise. And he did that really well in this game. And we saw it, especially on the last play. And multiple times, honestly, he he, he extended the play on the, final, on the final throw of the game for our offense. The, he, he looked after every read and found found JD McKissick on the other side of the field threw across his body and somehow made it work. I mean, that's just what he does. He just makes it work. He improvised bot time and threw a Hail Mary prayer to Terry McLaurin that miraculously McLaurin could come down with. I mean, it's just who Heineke is. He stayed clean in the pocket and he only got sacked one time. And I think that really can be attributed to his, his ability to extend plays. And Heineke has really shown presence in the pocket. And, I, and I, honestly, aside from his athleticism and his ability to extend plays, his, his improvision, Heineke's pocket awareness is really good. And, I, and watching the game, you can just see it just bounces off the screen. Like, it just it just shows. Guy, uh, loose loose uh, rusher comes through, avoids it, steps up in the pocket, steps to the side, goes through his reads, doesn't see it, tries to come back to his read, doesn't see anything. Hits, hits the ground running. I I really think Heineke is, is, is neat. once he, Heineke is composed, he can get the job done. And I really think in the Buffalo game, we saw what the low could be for Heineke, which is he's he's under pressure, he can't hit any receivers, throwing interceptions, can't doesn't have the composure inside the pocket, can't avoid the rush, and then doesn't use his legs, and then he wants to be, you know, the, the gun-slinging quarterback. But here he made some good throws. He made he improvised. He used his legs. He avoided the pocket and he was composed. I mean, it, it was a lot of pressure for Heineke. Like I said, he had he had family in the tennis and he was facing maybe maybe the end of his career. You know, he's sleeping at his sister's house, just clinging on to his NFL dream and just working out and just trying to hold on to hold on to his to his dream, hold on to his career. He didn't want to retire. His family kept pushing him to keep working. Maybe the opportunity would, would come, the door would open. And lo and behold, I mean, who would have thought one year ago today, if you told Heineke one year ago today, you'd be starting in the NFL in an NFL game, the the unquestioned starter of an NFL franchise. I mean, he would have called you crazy. His family would have called you crazy. But, I mean, here he is. And after the game, he spoke. Uh, you know, he got interviewed after the game, and he got a little emotional. You know, it's a, it's it's an emotional moment to, to come out with that win. Game-winning drive with your family in attendance after what going through what he's going gone through. I mean, kudos and props to Heineke. He really was composed, played a good game, 
like I said, there were some errant throws, but that is it can't be avoided, it can't be denied that he didn't go out there and gave give everything he has, which he does every single every single game. In terms of the rushing game, Antonio Gibson, 14 carries for 63 yards and a score. And Heineke added five carries for 43 yards uh, himself. Jaden McKissick had seven carries, only gone for 15 yards, but McKissick did most of his damage in the passing game, and Jared Patterson got some running as well. Antonio Gibson got uh, took a, a big hit um, late, late in the game. Uh, we saw him step off the field for a couple of plays, and we saw some J- and Jared Patterson, Jaden McKissick kind of work to take that workload off of Gibson while Gibson recovered because he took a mean shot. And like I said, in this game, we walked away with a lot of injuries, and Antonio Gibson kind of is on that list. You know, he was he was banged up. And he's been baked up uh, throughout practice this week, so I wouldn't be surprised on these Wednesday on this Wednesday practice to see a lot of these guys not playing, especially Antonio Gibson, who has already been nursing some injuries. I would expect I would probably expect him to be not. I probably would expect him not to practice or at most be limited. I do not expect him to practice fully at all. And I really think that a lot of our players are going to be like that. And we're going to talk about it. We really suffered some major injuries, so. Let's just hope that Gibson isn't anything serious and that he doesn't have to miss any time. Let's just hope for that. Uh, Gibson, like I said, it was a solid running game for him. Uh, Gibson also um, receiving, had two catches for 12 yards. Uh, it was a it was a decent showing from the run game. Uh, we had 122 rushing yards as as a team. So great, great performance from the running rushing game. And like I said, this offense is not, this offense is really performing well. And with Heineke at the helm, I mean, who would have who would have saw this coming? Like, listen, listen to this: receiving McLaurin six catches for a hundred and twenty-three yards and two touchdowns. McLaurin is a gem, and I mean, McLaurin is every GM, every every franchise's dream. Third round pick, NFL athlete that he he carries himself like a vet, you know. And McLaurin is like he's done that, like he's been there, done that, and. McCorn is just truly the diamond that we needed, and he's just a, a blessing to this organization. Honestly, his ability to to just go up and get the ball and make plays happen, despite the quarterback situation that he that he's had to deal with. I mean, what man? I don't think there's any debate that McCorn isn't top five, top ten receiver now. I mean, seriously, he he has to be the best receiver in this division. I mean. The only other people that come close to comparison in this division is Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb. But I would take McCorn any day of the week over the, over those two. I mean, McCorn is seriously establishing himself this season as a perennial pro bowler in this league. Terry McCorn, man, I hope he does not I hope he does not leave. We signed him to an extension, but that's that's to be talked about later on the road later down the road. McLaurin, another great game from him on 13 targets. I mean, Heineke is force-feeding him the ball. He's receiving Keenan Allen-level targeting. And, I mean, I don't know if I can complain. I mean, there are a lot of throws where where Heineke almost gets McLaurin's head decapitated. But McLaurin is is just uh, everything you want in in a professional NFL receiver. I mean, the route running. The, the ability to create separation, the hands. He's just everything a coaching staff would want. He's a quarterback's best friend, and he's quarterback-proof. We, Terry McClellan is quarterback-proof. He's played with Dwayne Haskins, Alex Smith, Kyle Allen. I, he's played with so many QBs that it, it's just amazing how he can still come in day in, day out, and still perform game in, game out. 
Great game from him. A second leading receiver this game was J.D. McKissick. I mean, a lot of guys that had targets in this game. A lot of guys were involved in, in touched the ball in, in the receiving game. McKissick had five catches for 44 yards in the game-winning touchdown. Just the... I mean, and he should have had, he should have had more catches. Honestly, there was a, a play in the game where we ran out four verticals, and McKissick just wide open underneath. I mean, no one near him for five five ten yards, and Heineke forced the ball down the field to to McLaurin, and Jaden McKissick was open. We could have gotten maybe a first down, uh, but that's neither here nor there. McKissick an, another game, and then I mean, who would like I said last week? He he is. He needs to be in the game plan. Like, there's no, there's no reason he shouldn't be. He's shown in both of our wins. He's played huge roles in, in our success in, in those games. He's in the Giants game, huge role in this game, huge role, and then in the two losses, McKissick's nowhere to be found. He needs to be here for the foreseeable future until, until, until we can prove otherwise that we don't need him. There was a talk in the off season how Jared Patterson could overtake J.D. McKissick's role and that J.D. McKissick's role on this team was unsafe or that Jared Patterson was the answer that we needed. And he would that he would take J.D. McKissick's spot and that we didn't need J.D. McKissick here long-term. Maybe not long-term, but J.D. McKissick definitely deserves a spot on this team no matter what. His role, he plays too big a role. He's he, It's something, when he's on the field, success just happens. Now, in terms of the tight end position, so... We talked about the receiving position, and we talked about the running back position. Tight end, we did suffer an injury. Logan Thomas left this game early. He left the game early after sustaining, uh, uh, let's see what it was. It was a he, a hamstring injury, and we'll talk about that in a second. But he was out for the rest of the game after that injury. I think it was in the first quarter. And we relied on John Bates, John Bates and Ricky Seals-Jones to pick up the workload. And... Uh, Jones had two catches, and John Bates didn't have any catches, but he I, he was definitely on the field a lot for the block, a lot of blocking plays. He was definitely on the field a lot, so expect those two and Sami and Sammy's Reyes to pick up the workload while Th- Thomas is injured. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, we did see the return of Curtis Samuel, and and he looked good. I mean, he really, really looked good. He was on a pitch count. We knew that going in that Curtis Samuel wasn't going to be playing all every single snap. But every snap that he was in in the game, he made an impact, and that's what I that's what I love to see. He had uh, two or three third down grabs. He he really looked good, and I'm super excited to see what's gonna happen next week, and as the weeks move forward on Curtis Samuel's involvement and, and how it keeps just re- re- going up, going up, going up. This offense is going to look way better with Curtis Samuel, but we did lose some other pieces on this in this receiver in this receivers room. So we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's talk about. This defense, I mean, this defense, I don't want to get into it like so much like I did last time, but I think I think it's time, you know, to sound to sound the alarm. I'm not, I'm not gonna ring it, but this this defense is not what we thought it was. It sucks to say that this defense was is not is not good. We were so hyped for this defense, and they have been a utter disappointment, to be honest. There was not a lot of bright spots in terms of this defense. Cole Holcomb uh, shined in this game. I thought Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne were really good in this game. But honestly, that's it. Cole Holcomb, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. This secondary continues to get pass interference calls, continues to have lapses in judgment. I mean, Cordell Patterson went absolutely crazy this game. 
every time Matt Ryan dropped back to throw the ball, it was either going to be a wide receiver wide open or a penalty on our secondary. His pass rush, once again, was essentially non-existent. Montez Sweat did have one sack. That was it. I mean, seriously, there was this this defense. Sorry about that. This defense is is not what we thought it was, and it's it's such a shame. You know, going going into the season, we thought this defense was going to be the reason we won games, and frankly, it's been the reason we've lost games. So, I mean, there's not much to say. They they, they I, I seriously don't, I just don't know anymore. And this Atlanta Falcons team that hadn't dropped like 20 points all year. They I think they they were horrible on offense all year. And the Giants held them up to like 16 points, 14 points, whatever it was, and they just they just dropped 30 on our on our supposedly vaunted defense. And once again, they're the reason that this offense had to overcompensate and drop 34 points just to get a win against a very inept Falcons offense. I mean, man, once again, we can't get off the field on third down. It, it's so crazy that we are the. Literally, look it up. We are the worst-rated third third down defense in the league. Offenses are at getting third downs at a sixty percent clip. It's like fifty-nine percent, and they're getting it at a sixty percent clip, essentially. I mean, it's it's baffling. I saw a tweet. I can't even remember who posted it or who wrote it, but it was along the lines of that the worst third down defense in NFL history was like the two thousand ten Chargers. And they were at like 58, 57, something like that percent third down, third down uh, percentage. And we are worse than that. We are worse than that right now. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's, it's definitely not lack of talent because we have talent on our defense. Honestly, I, I I don't know, and and I think it, and then I I've been seeing that there's some former NFL players saying that it's we aren't hiding our what we're doing. We're just being like straight up on like like you can't misread our defense. We're not disguising any blitzes, disguising any coverages. We're just going out there and what 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 we see what the offense sees is what we're gonna do defensively, and we aren't disguising anything. So that man, I I, I just don't have any words anymore. Like. It's a miracle when we can stop somebody on third down. It's actually crazy. Like, we could be in third and 15, and then I know they're going to get it. So this defense gives me no confidence. And until they show me otherwise, it's it's cold red. This defense is not is not good. I can't even I can't even continue to be optimistic and say I'm holding out hope. Don't worry, guys. Next season, next game, we're gonna. This next game is is the game. I can't even I can't even say that because they have not shown me anything they keep making the same mistakes that they were making week one week two there has been no change so i mean there's no there's no optimism anymore honestly seriously and then the special teams the special teams just another another low point with dustin hopkins i mean seriously it's getting old it's getting old dustin hopkins it's getting old he missed two extra points again and honestly, I'm glad. I'm glad that we got that touchdown at the end of the game and didn't have to trot out Dustin Hopkins to try a field goal because I may have passed out. Even if he even if he would have made it, I may I probably would have fainted. If I if if I once I see Dustin Hopkins going out there to trot trotting out there to get the game winning kick. I, I seriously can't with him anymore. And it's so frustrating that 
I know that he's going to miss these kicks, but I know he's going to be here. Like, I, I have a... I do not see a scenario where we move on from Dustin Hopkins midseason. It is so hard to find a kicker, a consistent kicker on the streets right now. Hopkins is the best we can do, and I don't see them making a change. I don't see Ron Rivera bringing any other kicker in. We have, I think, Eddie Pinheiro still on our practice squad, but, I mean, he's on there for a reason, you know. There's nothing out there, and I... I don't want to. I don't want us to move on from Hopkins, and then the next guy that comes in here can't kick field goals at all. You know, we've seen that happen. Teams and teams that have that have some potential, that their season gets derailed because of bad kicking. And I, I'd rather just stick it out, honestly. And I know it's so hard to say, like, just stick with Hopkins, but he, and he's missing kicks. But I really think that is, is better off this way. You know, he's he, if he's the best we got, we might as well just stick with it because. I'm afraid that the next person that comes in here is just going to be even worse, and then we're going to be begging for Hopkins to come back. I will say, though, Bryce Ball, this special teams was DeAndre Carter, and what did I say? I said this like two episodes ago. DeAndre Carter is going to break one. He he has the juice. Like, he he has something. There's something about it, and it's he's such a, bre- uh, a breath of fresh air because we were had a revolving door back there and punt return and kick return. And he, he provides a spark. And that's exactly what he gave us. He gave us a spark we needed right at halftime, 101 yards. I mean, just what a crazy, what a crazy return. And I, and I don't want to hear about the kicker getting injured or the, the kickoff, the kicker getting injured on the kickoff. Like, I don't care about that. He broke the, he broke free. There's 10 other guys on the, on the field that can tackle him. So, what a, what a what a what a return by him, just great. I I I know I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with like two or three of them this year, like he he just has this like this this uh, this agility and he just has this burst and I would not be surprised if he breaks another one or two more this year. I'm not gonna bank on it, but man, what a breath of fresh air from DeAndre Carter, and this game in general. I mean Heineke just performed, just performed really well. And every time we, we come away with the win, I'm super excited to come on here and, and talk. You know, there's it's so hard talking about losses when when you get blown out or when you lose a game that you, you probably should have won. You know, losing is not fun. And I'd much rather be sitting here talking with you guys after a win. So, super excited. I'm super glad we're 2-2. Two and two. Like, looking at it in the grand scheme of things, this win is going to matter a lot. Next week, we play New Orleans. And New Orleans just lost to... The Giants. And that gives me some hope. Hey, we beat the Giants. We should be able to beat the Saints, right? So, like, but like I said, we walked through a lot of injuries. So, it, it could be a very a very competitive game. And we're going to need to be on our P's and Q's to win it. And winning is because, honestly, looking past in the future, like I always do, looking, looking ahead of the schedule, we play Green Bay and Kansas City back-to-back. Kansas City and then Green Bay. Oh, sorry. Kansas City and then Green Bay. So, this win... Against Atlanta was huge, 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 huge. So let let's um, talk about these injuries that we sustained. We walked away from this game beat up really, really badly. I mean, we had I I think like five to like eight players get injured, something like that. Um, and we already know some of their their fates. So I mean, I mean, might as well just get into it, right? Like this is gonna be this is gonna be rough. So let's get into it. Washington walked away with a couple of bad injuries. First off, John Bostic likely out for the year with a 
with a pectoral injury. We talked about how, you know, Bostic was terrible in coverage and we wanted to see more Jamin Davis. Well, careful what you ask for because we more than likely are going to see this. John Bostic will not be playing anymore this year. And we're going to see this depth at linebacker. And I talked about this. I literally talked about this. How this 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 depth at linebacker is atrocious. We're going to see David Mayo out there. David Mayo. Oh, man, this is going to be rough on defense. This linebacker, this linebacker court was not great this year so far. And we just lost the, maybe, you know, what people say, the worst guy on, on our starting rotation. But, hey, say what you want about Boston, but he had, he wait, when he was out there, he provided some sort of, he, he provided the, the defense, the plays, you know, he called the plays. And we're really going to see with his young, because he was the vet. He was the vet of this, of this linebacking room. So we're going to see this depth now. We're going to see some more Khalid Hudson, we're gonna, which, who, who hasn't played a lot. Khalid Hudson has not seen any playing time. So if you've seen number 47 out there, congrats, because I have not seen him once all year. So we're going to see Khalid Hudson and David Mayo out there, who's been stuck on special teams. Jamin Davis and Cole Holcomb are really going to step up. And Cole Holcomb went crazy this game. Cole Holcomb was all over the field. Don't, don't forget, but, but Bostic is going to be out for this year with a torn pec. This, these injuries, are they, they piled up. We This whole offseason, in the beginning of the season, we stayed relatively healthy. We lost fits, but that was pretty much it. And every time we had the, every time I did the injury report, we rarely had any players on there. Sheriff a couple times, Gibson. But, I mean, we have been clean on this injury report, and now they all just hit us at once. Our team is deep, though. We have a, a lot more depth than in recent years. I mean, if we had these many injuries two, three seasons ago, oh, man, our season would be over. So the next injury, um, Jordan McTire, who was playing more because Benjamin St. Jude, our starting corner, was out with a concussion. Jordan McTire played a lot in this game. He had a, a pass interference called back. Like the flag got picked up, which is good. But on the last play of the game, on the Hail Mary from Matt Ryan, uh, Tory McTire tore his ACL and he's going to be out for the year. I mean, what what a backbreaker. McTire on the last play, I mean, on a Hail Mary. And then he, you saw he fell and just, you know, clinching the knee. And then that's the sign, you know, that's the that's the the indicator when you're just like, man, that does not look good. When you, when you grab the knee, you know. So he tore his ACL, he's out for the year. And uh, going toward to the offense. Oh, and wait, before before I finish talking about McTire, we're gonna see this depth at corner now. So Benjamin St. Juice, I, I hope he comes back because if he does if he doesn't play next week, we're going to see Daryl Roberts and Troy Apke at corner. So I don't want to see that. So so I hope St. Juice comes back because this this depth at corner is just <laughs> as it is at linebacker. So, the McTire injury was huge, and he played well in the preseason and in and in the train in um, what's it called in the offseason training. He looked amazing. That's why we made the team. That's why they let go of Moreland. You know, he played good. He played himself onto this roster. So, to see him out, it sucks. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, starting right guard, he's going to be out uh, about two to three weeks. You won't see him until after the bye week, maybe maybe past the past then. He sprained his MCL. He literally got injured and came straight off the field. Didn't even walk to the sideline. He just walked straight off the field. He knew, you know, you know. And same thing here with Logan Thomas, our starting tight end. He's going to be week to week with a hamstring injury. 
he took himself out the game. You saw him grab his hammy, and you knew, yep, he's out too. No more, and no more Thomas. And excuse me, um, and he's gonna miss be week to week. So I don't think he's gonna play next week, and I don't think he's gonna play week six. And then that's our bye. So I don't expect to see Logan Thomas either until after the bye week. So expect, uh, in terms of Logan Thomas, expect Ricky Seals-Jones, John Bates, and Samis Reyes to pick up his workload. And Samis Reyes has been inactive for the entire season. He hasn't played. And, you know, he's the, the, the Chilean-born tight end that we got from the International Pathway Program who's just an athletic freak. You know, he looked like he was built in a laboratory. And he has, his potential is really high, but he's never played in an NFL game, an NFL regular season game. And he's a little, uh, he's just behind in terms of his technique and, and his mechanics and stuff. So this depth at tight end as well is, is not is not that good. And that's why in the beginning of the season, I, I knew Ricky Seals-Jones was going to make this roster because if Sammy Reyes was our third tight end, then, we were going to be in trouble. John Bates has was little experience. He's a rookie. Sami Reyes has no NFL football experience at all. So that's why Ricky Seals Jones made this roster, and, and he will probably get to start next week at tight end with John Bates as second string and Sami Reyes as the third string. More injuries. Oh, let's talk about Sheriff real quick. So Sheriff expect to see Wes Schweitzer in that right guard, and expect to see Sadiq Charles be active. Ron Rivera did say that. They are going to activate. He's going to be active on game day. That being Sadiq Charles, who has the versatility to play tackle and guard. They're going to need that now that Sheriff is injured. They're going to need to pick up the slack. Uh, remember, S- Sadiq Charles is our rookie draft pick. Third round pick from uh, two years ago. Uh, he didn't play his rookie year because he got injured on his on like a second play of a game or something like that against the Giants. And so we're going to see him be active for the first time this season because of this injury to Brandon Sheriff. Continuing on, Cam Sims also got injured in this game. He has soreness in his hamstring. Uh, this wide receiver, this wide receiver depth is good though. So, but along with Cam Sims, another wide receiver, Diami Brown, injured his knee, and his status is to be determined. No idea what's going to happen with him. These two wide receivers are integral parts of our offense. We get, we look, we got Curtis Samuel back, and we might lose both of these guys. So expect to see a lot of Dax Milne. Expect to see a lot of DeAndre Carter at wide receiver and. A lot more of Terry and Curtis Samuel at the wide receiver room. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they brought up one of the practice squad, practice squad receivers in uh, Kelvin Harmon, who they just brought back to the practice squad, or Antonio Gandy-Golden, who is also on our practice squad. Expect them, one of them to get caught up, maybe, depending on if any of these injuries... Well, because Bostic and McTire are going to be off the roster on IR, more likely than not, they're going to need to replace those two spots on the roster. I would expect it to be a wide receiver or a linebacker. Um, I think we have another linebacker on on the practice squad. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, I do want to talk about some other things that happened in this game. Uh, so after the game, I want, this this is a little off topic, right? But we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. So after the game. And during the press conference, Bobby McCain was asked about, by a reporter, he was asked, what, what does he think about the criticism that the media and people like myself have been doing, excuse me, talking about how bad these events have been performing and the how, how they haven't met expectations. And this was his quote. He said, we couldn't honestly care about your opinions. 
we came out of here with a W, so make sure you write that down. It's basically saying that they don't care that they aren't living up, that we are saying they aren't living up to expectations and stuff. But it's like, it's like, man, you, and he's saying that they have a commitment to detail and that they know that what they have to do to win ball games when that defense isn't, is in reality the reason we have been losing the games. And, and he was saying that he's been playing his ass off. And it's like, what are you saying, man? Like, Bobby McCain has made, has missed tackles, has had penalties, has blown coverages. It's like, you're the reason we have to drop 34 points a game to win. You're the reason that we have lost two games, the defense. And and it's, and it's I find it so funny because I bring it up because I find it so funny how Ron Rivera had a quote that you could just use to go against what he's saying. Like, like Bobby McCain is saying basically, when when they're back on top, come talk to him. Come come say come talk to him again. And it's like you haven't shown us and they haven't shown us any reason why and why they to have any optimism on that this defense will be better again. And it's like McCain has been here for four games. It's like you 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 weren't here last year. You weren't a part of this good defense. All I know for you is having blown coverage and missed tackles in this game. On the on the. Pass interference on Chase, from Chase Young, right? On that bizarre play, that call was horrible. I don't even want to get into it, honestly. But it was fourth down, and he intercepts a fourth down throw. I haven't played a lick of secondary. I've never played defensive back a day in my life, and I know that on fourth down, you don't intercept the ball. Unless you can return that ball for a touchdown, do not intercept the ball. And he's talking about attention to detail. So, the Ron Rivera quote I'm referring to, he says, we need to be worked on, to be very honest. They really do. We have to be honest with ourselves because if not, we'll, one in, we'll run into a wall very quickly. Bobby, your coach, is, your coach just answered your own question. He just said it. I didn't say it. He said it. I digress. I just don't want to hear any of this talk from anybody on defense that they don't want to hear this noise because they have not lived up to expectations at all. They are the worst defense in the league, and it's not even close. So, you know, this game was crazy. The penalties were crazy. The refer- the referees, man, oh, they drive me crazy, man. Like, if that, if that Chase Young play is a pass interference – then how come Jonathan Allen did not get a flag for pass interference when he suplexed Daniel Dr- Daniel Jones into the turf? Like, how does he not get flagged for that? But then how, how, how does Chase Young get flagged for essentially missing the tackle, which is what he did, you know? It's so crazy to me. Like, this defense, the third downs, the penalties, another blown coverage in the secondary... The D-line not getting any pressure. We're the worst third-down defense in the league. And and bringing that up, we're the worst third-down defense in the league. For all the for all the jokes about the Dallas defense and how horrible they were and that that defense was going to be the reason that they weren't going to succeed this season, Dallas is ranked 11th in third-down defense. 11th. And we're the worst? Man. Don't sleep on Dallas because Dallas is a good team. They're the... No, no cap. They're the best. They're the best team in this division right now. That defense is right now is way better than our defense. I'll take that Dallas defense in a heartbeat over this defense. 
because Trayvon Diggs has seven interceptions. I don't, I don't even think we have seven interceptions combined as a whole, as a unit, as an entire team. So, <sighs> this defense, man, I, I just I don't want to get into it anymore, honestly. Uh, but, yeah, we take the win, 34-30, to 30, huge win. Quickly, I'm just going to give you two two studs off the top of my head and then two duds off the top of my head. Stud, I'm going to give it to Taylor Heineke. I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to say, like, you know, that he played amazing, but he got the job done, and he did what he needed to do to win this game, and that's what matters. The stat sheets don't show interceptions, and that's what I care about. I don't care how it happens, but he got that win. Heineke, if he keeps piling up these wins, the confidence is just going to it's gonna go sky high, and this, and this offense is going to explode. I know it. So Heineke gets a game ball, a stud from me. Terry McLaurin. I, w- I want to give him another an- another one, but he got he always gonna get one every year. Like if I don't, <laughs> I'm gonna give it to him every week. So y'all know McLaurin. McLaurin got his, you know. But I also want to highlight this offensive line stud, the offensive line, and this offensive line was getting sl- was getting slander. But this offensive line has been playing amazing. They have kept Heineke clean. Generally speaking, they have been they have played really well. Now to see how they bounce back from. This sheriff injury, we'll see. But as of right now, they're my studs, my two studs, Taylor Heineke and this offensive line. Because on defense, there's pretty much no studs. And my duds are going to be, uh, one of them is going to be on defense. Um, defensively, I'm going to go with uh, uh, my dud being Jack Dario, the defensive coordinator. I, I, I'm thinking he's just getting outcoached. He's just getting outcoached by, by the offensive coordinators and the head coaches of other teams. This game, once again, there was no adjustments made on defense. There haven't been adjustments made all year. It's just one of those things where Del Rio is, I don't know what he's coaching. He's just not getting through to these guys. And I think it's all mental, too, mental too with this defense. So, Dud goes to Jack Del Rio. And then my last Dud goes to DeAndre. I mean, I was going to say DeAndre Carter. Dustin Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins is going to be my Dud. It's, it's getting tiring, honestly. You know, just, I, I don't know, like, I don't know what to do with him. I don't know if we need to bring in competition. I don't know. But he's going to be my dad. These two, those two extra points could have cost us the game. But at the end of the day, those those misses, they didn't matter. You know, we still won the game. And, like, I, I, I'm going to keep saying this. I don't care how it looked. I don't care if it was pretty, if it was ugly, if we didn't deserve it, or whatever the case is. We got the win, and that's all that matters. Every week we're gonna. Ha- this is what it's what it's gonna be. You know, we're not gonna have these wins where it's just not non-stress. Every week is gonna be stressful with this team. I don't see unless unless this defense and it's only if this defense gets better. Only if this defense gets better will I'll be able to sit back and enjoy a win, relax with my without my heart rate exploding. So I don't expect. You know, I haven't seen any anything to show an indication that this defense is gonna get better. I haven't seen an indication that Hopkins is going to get better. I just, I'm just not seeing it. So hopefully this was this is this is the last time I have to say this. But and and one other thing, I I always say, I said last episode that I'm going to keep it on the list. We had to start fast, and we we finally got a first down when we got the ball on offense for the first time, and we didn't get a touchdown. We didn't score like always, but at least we got a first down. So yay, we got a we got a first down on our on our first offensive drive of the game. But uh, I expect us to score eventually. It'll happen. It's just it hasn't happened yet. And hopefully the return of Curtis Samuel helps. But I'm going to see if I can keep everyone updated on these injuries throughout the week. Uh, I was going to get into the Saints game. Uh, I think we can talk about it real quick. The Saints just lost 
to the Giants, and they were winning. That It's so crazy. They were literally winning. I don't know how they choked the game away. They they went to overtime. You know, the Giants, Graham Gano kicked the extra point to – or not extra point. He kicked the field goal to, to tie the game and take it overtime where the Giants uh, scored. Saquon looked really good in this game. He had a, a, a receiving touchdown, a really good catch, really run, running up the sideline, making people miss. Uh, Saquon Barkley looked like he's back. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Kamara, Alvin Kamara looked amazing. Uh, let me see if I could just pull this up. I think he had like plus 100 yard rushing. Let me see if I can bring this up real quick. Let's really talk about it quickly. Uh, Jameis Winston went uh, 17 for 23 with 226 passing yards. And oh, like, oh, wow. Kamara, Kamara had 120 rushing yards on 26 carries. Kamara is the real deal. We're going to have our hands full with him. And, and But this receiving core, this is, this is what I want to highlight. In the receiving core, there's not a lot there. You know, I'm not – none of these receivers on the Saints side of the ball strike fear in me. Marquez Callaway led them in receiving yards with two catches for 57 yards. He only had two targets, though. Their most targeted player was uh, – uh, I think his name is Deontay Harris. Yeah, he Deontay Harris, who had eight targets. But I think he did suffer an injury in this game. Uh, but I'm not sure. We'll talk, we'll, I, I think I'll make another episode before the weekend. Hopefully I can. Uh, we're not going to see Michael Thomas, though. Michael Thomas is still on the physically unable to reform list. So we won't see him. In this, in this, and look, we, we can't ask for a better situation, you know. This Saints team isn't the Saints team of, of old with Breeze at the helm. This is Winston. But I do wanna I do wanna mention this. I don't know if if anyone saw this, but Taysom Hill had two rushing touchdowns. And he in one of them he like ran over like three dudes. And from the tackling that I saw in this defense in this game, that's gonna be a problem. I don't think there's anybody on our defense that's gonna be able to tackle Taysom Hill. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another one of those. The way McCain and Collins and and Fuller are tackling right now, man, if he breaks out of that first, if he gets into the secondary, Taysom is going to break one. It's so crazy how we, we the secondary cannot tackle. If they make it out of that out of that front front seven, then it's it's rough. It's rough out there. Um, yeah, I just want to you know we'll leave it at that. You know, Saints game coming up. At home, it's gonna be huge. If we if we can pull out that win, it's gonna be huge, 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 huge. If we can pull out that win, get above five hundred. Right when Kansas City's coming, coming to town. Look, this division's there for us. To, you know, you know, this division there for us to take. You know, the, the Dallas is in first place right now. We want to pose a threat to them. Let's show them that. Let's show. Let's show that we can. Let's go beat the Saints and take care of our own destiny. You know. This Saints defense is really good, so our, our defense is going to need to step up because our offense isn't going to be able to drop 30 points, I don't think. So, um, uh, like I said, I think I'll make another episode. I think I'll be able to find some time to make a quick, quick episode. It'll probably be like 20, 20 minutes long to talk about this Saints game. I'll probably see if I can make that on Friday or Saturday. Uh, we'll see, though. But, yeah, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, this, one's a little, this episode was a little long. Uh, it's okay though. Yep. So we'll leave it at that. You know, thanks for listening, guys.
big win from from Washington football team. Heineke looked good. Big win, big win. Next week is going to show us a lot about this team. If we want to make anything out of this year, we're going to need to win these games against competition that are at our level. You know, if we can beat the Saints, we'll be three and two with with the Chiefs and the Packers coming into town. So I like where we are right now. If we would have got that win against the Chargers, we'd be three and one right now. But it is what it is. We are where we are. The team got the win. That's what matters. I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you guys for listening. You guys have a blessed one. And be safe.